Welcome to Dollars and Cents with a couple of gents Making money moves with the finest of gents Come and pull up a seat cause we're proud to present How to make some good decisions when you're on the fence Rob and Steve gonna tell you how to do it the best Hello and welcome to another episode of Dollars and Cents with a couple of gents I'm Stephen Ellis I'm Robert Wolfson We the gents Oh, we're back to that again? It's appropriate Why is that? Because we are the gents Oh, but you said we the gents True I guess, yeah, it's not uh, basketball season anymore. Well, it is basketball season, but certainly not for the Raptors. Right. Not even close. The team that took them out is in the final, though. I want Miami to win, so then we can just say, well, they got beat by the champs. That's right. Right? Makes it a little, it softens the blow. It softens the blow a little bit. Yeah, definitely. What are you following in sports these days, Rob? Hockey? To be honest, not a lot. Casually, because it's the Stanley Cup Finals. Right. But my teams are out, so I pay attention just to see who's doing well. But I don't really follow too closely. So you're not a true fan then, Rob? <laughs> I'm a diehard for my teams. Okay, if but that's what you want to call it. I'll say not a true fan of the sport. No, I am a true fan of the sport. I'll watch uh, when it's actually time for them to award the cup. Yeah. But actually, the weather's been super nice for us this spring, so it's actually... A bit of a blessing in disguise, so you're not obligated to sit in front of the TV right. for hours on a nice night. I'd rather be outside doing stuff. Yeah, you need to move your TV outside. That's right. <laughs> but then if the kids see you, you know, it just doesn't set a very good example. That's right. Right, you should be outside running around, kicking a ball, throwing a ball, something like that, not watching TV, I guess, right? And Rob, another sports news item that's come to light, we'll say, is the Live and PGA Tour and DP Tour uh, affiliation, let's say. You want to talk about that a bit? Unexpected, but no, not really. No, better not. Leave that to Rory. Exactly. Leave that to Rory. <laughs> we got to hear uh, from Rory. We can, uh, as we've talked about in lots of our past episodes, we'll leave our talking for on the course. That's right. <laughs> we'll, get out th- we'll get out there and, and hit some balls around. Just like the pros. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, Rob, let's jump into our topic for today. One that actually I'm quite excited about because I think it's something that we'll say needs to be discussed. I think it's good information to have out there. So who better than us to bring it to the public? I don't know, Steve. Who's better than us? I think the gents are the right (laughs) for the job. Who's better than us? (laughs) Wow. It's a bit arrogant. That is a little arrogant sounding. But uh, anyway... We digress. You can be the judge of that. That's right. (laughs) Right? At the end of the day, the listeners can be the judge of that. So, Rob, what we want to talk about today actually comes from our own experience. And this won't necessarily apply to everybody, but it does apply specifically to couples and more specifically to couples where one individual or the other has more of an interest in the process, whether it be investing or planning or just finances in general. And Rob, what we do, as you know, is we encourage both partners to be present. We don't expect everyone to have the same level of interest, but we certainly expect both partners to be involved in the process or encourage people, I shouldn't say expect people, but certainly encourage people to both be involved in the process. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today, the importance of it, and just encourage people out there if they're not already doing that to have both partners to be involved in both the investment and planning process. 
So Rob, the first point we wanted to make was just really start the conversation with your significant other, with your partner. Stop avoiding having the quote-unquote money talk. I think that's a great point, Steve, and I think this is probably common knowledge out there. Uh, Most couples do argue and fight about money matters and discussions and that can lead to a lot of anxiety you know in a lot in a lot of relationships in fact most people argue about money matters more than things like household chores and whether one couple snores in bed what's for dinner that type of stuff but really it's so important just to confront it head on not to dread having the money talk but just to take time every week set time aside to have real conversations about finances and just put everything on the table and to go into detailed discussions, it could be as simple as household budgets and spending, but have a second bucket in conversation about the investing side of the, of the discussion. Right. And I'll take it a step further and say, start talking about your longer term plan. Retirement plans are something that couples shouldn't put off discussing until you're right at sort of that retirement date. One of the things we facilitate with couples is encouraging them to have that conversation to talk about when they want to retire, what it might look like, because you may find your plans are different. And, you know, then it gives you time to kind of bring things together a little bit. They don't need to be the same. And that's one thing that we reiterate with clients all the time is your plans don't necessarily need to match up. Sometimes having differences can be a very good thing. Well, not sometimes there's it's always good to have differences in your plans. But you need to understand the other person's situation and the other person's plan. So when we start talking about longer-term stuff, certainly having those discussions on a regular basis is healthy. So, Rob, let's just add on to that discussion point again, the money talk, if you want to call it that. I'm going to make a point about it that I think may get some chuckles out there, but it should be fun, right? And I say people are going to chuckle because oftentimes – People think of money talk as being serious, right? And that, you know, it's referred to as that dreaded money talk. So it's not going to be fun. Again, we encourage people to have a good time with it. Keep it light because it has to be light. If it's not, it becomes that dreaded money talk. You don't want to have that discussion, right? You're not going to do something that is miserable. So keeping it light, making it fun, and there's ways to do that. One of the ways that we talk about doing that is, you know, focusing on sort of that, those bucket list items, add that in there, things you want to do, things you enjoy doing, things you enjoy spending money on, not just we're overspending on this or our electricity bills up this month. So keeping it light so you're willing to come back to it down the road. And I think another point to bring up, Stephen, I think uh, a great starting place for a lot of couples is to not always jump right to the biggest, most heaviest decisions. So to your point, keeping it light, but also sometimes just talking about the small things, whether it's budgeting, uh, small planning tips, uh, and just cheer on your successes and achieve those goals because then you know you can work together on achieving that common goal. And then once you cross those little hurdles, then you start tackling the bigger topics. Yeah, Robin, that's a great segue because a lot of people, when they're talking about money, focus on the negatives, right? And it's important not to ignore the positives. Often we only talk about money when there's a problem rather than celebrating the successes that may come as a result of 
investing or paying for kids' education, some of those successes. And those things should be discussed as much, if not more, than some of the trials and tribulations that come along uh, as it pertains to money. And Steve, I just wanted to quickly revisit a point you made earlier when it comes to planning. And it's really about how, obviously, couples, when they get together, they have different personalities. They've had different spending habits. They've grown up in separate households. So they've had a lot of differences in their upbringing and their history. It's just seeing their parents, their their families, and, and how they handle their own personal finances. So they already have their own preconceived notions about what their vision is of how to manage a plan, how to manage a budget, how to save for the future, different goals, uh, longer-term ideas, as you mentioned. So you definitely don't want to resist those differences, recognize them, and then come together to formulate that plan based off of your the couple's different ideas and what that should look like going forward. That's a great point, Rob, and thank you for reiterating that because I do agree that often I think couples feel like they should be on the same page, and that's true to an extent, but I also think that, as you mentioned, recognizing those differences can be very helpful as well. So, Rob, now allow me to revisit something you said. You mentioned the word budget, and I think when we often get in our own heads about finances, we avoid budgeting. It's like we don't want to see it, right? We don't want to really see those numbers. It's like, I can just make it work rather than actually putting it down on paper. And it is very important to budget, understanding what your free cash flow is, so to speak, your spendable income is, is very important. And then staying within that budget. So that budget can and should include some savings, obviously the necessities. We would encourage people to include entertainment, uh, some discretionary spending in there as well. So just have a budget. There's lots of tools to do it, whether it just be putting something together on an Excel spreadsheet, or I've actually seen it written down on paper before. Very old school, but uh, being able to see it is, is a very useful tool. And of course, Steve, when it comes to budgeting, just like we've been talking about, make sure both spouses are included in that process. Don't just let one person handle the budget. One person may feel left in the dark. It just leads to distrust uh, among the couple and can lead to arguments if one person is not uh, in light of what's happening with the finances, with the budgeting. So make sure that both of those people, just reiterating, are included in the whole process and that will uh, account for greater success. Yeah, that's a great point, Rob. I will point out that you mentioned spouses. I know it was a bit of a slip perhaps on your part, but when we talk about spouses, we mean couples, partners, not necessarily spouses, right. because we do understand that there are couples out there that share finances, uh, whether it be directly or indirectly. You know, just living together obviously means you're going to be sharing accommodation and, and a lot of those expenses. And we encourage those people to plan together as well. Maybe it doesn't necessarily look the same, but certainly can have uh, and should have a lot of the same aspects that a, a married couple would have. No, you're absolutely right, Stephen. Thanks for pointing that out. And another great piece of advice, Steve, I think we should need to pass along to our listeners is, and I'm sure this is not a secret to everyone, but not to keep secrets from their partners uh, in, in the relationship because 
so many people out there, for whatever reason, maybe feel embarrassed about making a purchase because it's not quote unquote to budget. So the default is to not tell that partner about the spending. So, and of course that will lead to some of that mistrust going forward. And so at the end of the day, just be as candid as possible because uh, that will lead to maximum success. Right. I think candor is very important, whether it just be, you know, everyday spending or whether it be your thoughts on what retirement looks like. I think it's important to let it be known what you want to do. Even again, if you think it's not in line with what your your partner would want to do themselves or may or may not agree is a good idea. I think it's important just to bring it up and have that discussion because I think it avoids issues down the road if it's brought up, sort of call it in the early stages of the process, right? So whether it be budgeting, spending, or a planning item, it's certainly important to be candid with your, with your, uh, with your significant other or partner. So Rob, I think the last point is the most important. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. And that is to use a financial advisor. So to call the gents. Call the gents and we can help you. Yeah, I mean, I think that going it on your own can be quite overwhelming and quite difficult. And what we often do is just frame things for people. It's not like we come in with a lot of advice about what you should or shouldn't do. You know, it's more about just helping you frame what you want to do in a way that works. Is that a fair statement? Very fair. I often say to people that they'll do a budget or they'll do a retirement plan once in their life. We do it hundreds of times and have been through that process and feel like we've maybe seen it, you know, been there, done that, even though maybe not for ourselves, but We've, done, we've gone through that process with clients enough that we can provide some perspective. And we're also there to act as a bit of an intermediary, right? Not that there's going to be a lot of disputes or anything like that, but it just allows for a bit of a different flow uh, in terms of the conversation that can be quite helpful for people. So in short, sit down with a financial advisor and have those discussions. Fair? Very fair. Rob's very talkative today. <laughs> and just to bring it back full circle, Steve, what we started the episode with today, really the planning process gets both couples uh, engaged in the process and really helps them get on the same page to plan those long-term retirement goals. Right. I think nothing happens by accident, right? You've got to take action if you want success. So whether it be putting a budget together, saving money, further down the road, planning, retirement, all those things, they do take effort and action. So we're encouraging people first to take action. Again, if you are in a relationship to take that action with your partner. And I think finally, just to have some fun with it. I think that that's really important. I often say to people, how do you plan a vacation? What does that discussion look like? You know, is it over a glass of wine, a cup of coffee? You know, have that same discussion, the same, you know, in the same kind of environment. It doesn't need to be that boardroom discussion. You know, have some fun with it. Do it the same way you would when you're planning something that you're excited about. And maybe that helps bring a little bit of excitement to that situation for you as well. So in short, Rob, money can be fun. 
It can That's be. essentially what I'm saying right now. You have to make it fun. Money equals fun. That should be the motto for this podcast. Dollars and cents with a couple of gents. Money can be fun. That's right. I like it. It's good, right? I'm going to rebrand it. Well, maybe not. So with that, Rob, I am Stephen Ellis. And I am Robert Wolfson. And we are a couple of gents. And we'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>